0: The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. This Sunday, the 27th United Nations Climate Change Summit, otherwise known as COP27, will kick off in Sharm el-Sheikh in Egypt. It's already been causing controversy before it's even begun, with UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak reversing his decision not to attend in favour of focusing on the economy. And activist Greta Thunberg branding it as a forum for greenwashing, saying it's being used as an opportunity for leaders and people in power to get attention. 18-year-old Irish climate activist Jessica Dunn from Dublin is among those who want Ireland to make an impact at this summit and she's travelling there this weekend. In October, she spoke to the Euroctus Joint Environmental Committee about Ireland's role at COP. Take a listen to part of her speech.
1: The representatives of Ireland this year must change the story, engage in dialogue with more radical solutions in mind and then, when COP comes to a close, incorporate these solutions into the agreement and into our policies. Treat this like the emergency you declared it to be. Don't waste another cop on lip service.
0: And Jessica joins me on the line now. Hello, Jessica. How are you? Grand yourself. Thank you very much for coming on. That's very empowered speech you made there, and your passion continues. You're about to get on a flight and head to Sharm El Sheikh. Why is it important for you to be there in person?
1: Well, I think that is important for and um, uh, a civil society and activists specifically to be able to come to the cop. Uh, because of the fact that if not, it is absolutely a forum for greenwashing. Um, Out of the last few cops, we've seen such little action and it's so important to have people on the ground there who are able to push for the things that we actually need to come out of this cop and also to be able to highlight when there's hypocrisy happening.
0: Before we get into what we want to happen, I can just sense the text already. People are going to say, oh God, she's getting a flight to a discussion on climate change. How do you navigate the the conflict there?
1: Uh, Well, I think that number one, uh, I think it's very important that like when you're doing climate work to try and get the most environmentally friendly option possible. So um, I'm taking a flight. It is like a public flight, not a private flight. So there'll be like a bunch of people on the flight. Um, As well as that, I think it's about mitigation. So I fly as little as possible. If there's any other way to get to Egypt from Ireland, I'd be doing that. Um, but I think that it is very important for people to be there in person at these events, um, and because of that, I think that actually there is more of a positive impact of me actually going, and that kind of cancels out the flying to some extent.
0: Well, you're flying with a purpose. You're not just flying for 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 pleasure. You have a purpose. So, what is it that you want to happen at COP, particularly from an Irish perspective?
1: Uh, from an Irish perspective, I think that as a nation that has just so recently, uh, only 100 years ago, gotten our independence and was previously a colonized country, uh, but is still um, a part of the EU and a major player in the EU, I think that we have a really important role where we're almost a joining point between uh, these two types of countries. And I think because of that, we need to actually show better solidarity with other colonized nations and nations that are suffering as a result of co- uh, climate change today. Uh, So that means listening to those countries um, and uplifting their suggestions, such as the uh, loss and damage facility. Um, And yeah, basically pushing those things on when we're talking about negotiations, um, listening and supporting.
0: How correct is Greta Thunberg and other criticisers of COP in that it's just greenwashing? So all these heads of state come together and even make legally binding plans like uh, the Paris Agreement that they then don't stick to? I mean, it's one thing to meet and have this awareness. But if action doesn't happen, what's it all for?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, going to COP26, I really was, I think for most climate activists, it was almost like our last hope. I remember a lot of people kind of saying, you know, so little uh, action has come out of previous cops." If nothing happens this time, that's literally a nail in the coffin. It's so frustrating to see it happen again and again. And um, if you look at the Glasgow Agreement from last year, uh, it, it, it's even so lacklustre as to say that we're going to phase down fossil fuels instead of phasing them out. So really, it is just a forum where we're able, where nations are able to come together and look like they're talking about the climate, um, while well, nothing happens. My frustration comes from the fact that COP could be such an important thing. And the fact that um, the nations are coming together to discuss the climate is really productive in itself. But if we don't actually utilise the space and if we don't actually listen to the science and the people who are being affected by climate change today, well, then there's really no point in it.
0: What do you make of UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak saying he wasn't coming to focus on the economy and then making a U-turn? I mean... Look, there's a lot going on when it comes to his domestic issues at the moment. Everybody knows that. But is that indicative of what's going on at the moment, that capitalism is being put before everything else? And that's where it was on his priority list and other nations.
1: Absolutely. I think it shows uh, a lack of understanding of intersectionality. Uh, When you see um, uh, prime ministers and other world leaders and kind of saying, we have other things to worry about right now, let's not talk about the climate. Because, number one, the climate is like a crisis which is just, we've already left it too late. And if we leave it any longer, it will just exacerbate every other issue that we have. And as well as that, if we look at climate change the reason that it's happening is because of the way that we have exploited our planet and the way that we have exploited people. And it's connected to so many other issues that if we don't discuss it, we're letting those other issues continue. So like, imperialism is one of the, the, the root causes of climate change. And it's also one of the root causes of most wars. And um, if we look at the energy crisis, that's being exacerbated by our reliance on fossil fuels. So we can only solve other crises if we actually look at the climate crisis. And I think that's what Rishi Sunak failed to realize.
0: And I want to leave people with a little bit of hope because Greta Thunberg has just released a book. She's been doing some podcast interviews and I listened to a very good one that I sent on to a few friends who are podcast lovers. And, and a lot of them came back and said, oh, I, I don't think I can listen to that. And I understand the fear people have um, and and how that leads to inaction. But there is hope and there is something that can be done we can change our behaviour particularly if we look at the plastic bag tariff that came in in 2002 and how we just took that on board and reduced our use of plastic the smoking ban we were leaders in that as well small changes do add up to make big differences don't they?
1: Absolutely and I think that like you know at the end of the day if we lose hope we have nothing and I think that that book like that Greta released is incredible and it is really a sign of hope for me at least kind of seeing um, all of these like incredible leaders in the climate sphere being platformed to that extent. Uh, I don't think that any climate activists will be doing this work if we didn't have hope, you know.
0: So how do people get on board if people are like, look, she's right. I mean, this is huge. What what, what can they do? How can they get on board to push for change? Because something that's being said over and over again, and we've been saying it through this interview, is our leaders and decision makers aren't doing it. It's going to have to be a grassroots push.
1: hmm well, I think that, you know, people power cannot be underestimated. So I think that it's really important to actually look at, like, what local groups you can get involved with and in terms of protesting, in terms of uh, pushing for better legislation. So that comes in actually contacting your leaders, contacting the people, in, your representatives in your area, you know. And you need actually, we need to actually show that this is something that needs to be on the priority list for the Irish government. It needs to almost be their main mandate. So we need to push for that both in legislation, so within the system, but we also need to push for it outside of there. So, yeah, getting involved with your local groups is really important.
0: So what are you actually going to be doing in Sharm El Sheikh? Are you able to watch any of the discussions or are you standing outside with with a placard?
1: Oh, yeah. So I'll be inside the venue. So, yeah, it will be a lot of watching discussions and there's going to be a lot of fascinating um, panel discussions and all of that from people on the ground, Indigenous activists and scientists, which will be incredible. And these will be the same things that a lot of world leaders will be listening to. So it's great because they're actually able to hear um, these testimonies from these people and that will inform their decision making. Um, And as well as that, yeah, we'll be connecting with other activists, hopefully a bit of protesting, all that jazz.
0: Well, you're a very impressive 18-year-old, Jessica. Thank you for taking the initiative and actually pushing and, and doing what you're doing. That's Jessica Dunn there, Irish climate activist travelling to COP27 in Sharm el-Sheikh in Egypt. Wishing you all the best, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine
1: on Talk.